Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Today we're going into part two, all right, of uh, a series that we started last week where we're talking about spiritual warfare, all right, and we've named or titled this series Spirit Wars, all right, and uh, I hope that you didn't leave scared here last week, all right, my intention is not to scare anybody, especially if you're visiting for the first time, all right, my intention at all is not to scare you with all these things, but there is a reality of a spiritual world that is around us, and we want to make you aware of that spiritual world, all right, actually, the spiritual world existed before this natural world that we see with our eyes, all right? And uh, we're going to learn a little bit about that. I want to thank our worship team. Thank you, guys. They're so amazing. They're just standing there. And I could just keep you guys here. So let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, I could just keep them there, man. Uh, you know that if you're interested in, in seeing, you know, what happened last week, you weren't here, you know that all these series, they go up on our YouTube channel, all right, is Numa Church Miami, we're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and a bunch of other stuff that is out there that I don't even know about, but it's, uh, uh, it, the teachings go out, you know, so if you want to see it, you could go ahead and, uh, and, 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 and catch up, you know, and not only this series, but all, uh, all the other ones. You know that as we talk about this whole thing of, of spiritual warfare, all right, a lot of times is, is, is things that to us is not really normal. It's not things because it's happening in a spiritual world where we see the effects of it with our eyes, but we don't really see the war happening. And a lot of times we're like, oh, pastor, you know what? That's like, you know, that's a lot of baloney. And, you know, that was maybe like in Jesus's time. But now I, I really don't think that's all happening. Oh, yeah, I want to tell you it does happen. And I remember some years ago, actually, I was in a time of, uh, you know, with some of the leaders when I was working with the youth. And, and we went up to Tennessee. We were going to a conference. We were going to get edified. And we were staying at the house of a person that had walked out, okay, of being in a, in a Satanist group. She had come out. She was actually a Satanist priest for many years of her life, and God had brought her out of that. And uh, you could imagine the conversations that we had around the dinner table, you know, for we were there for four days, all right? And it got so good that I was actually enjoying more being at the house than being at the conference, you know, because of the stuff that we were talking about. And uh, while we were there, this is actual story. This is facts, all right? This is real. She was ministering to a mother of two kids, all right? And this lady, uh, she was only 17 years old, already had two kids. Her first kid, she had it when she was 13 years old, all right? Was involved in prostitution. And she had opened a lot of doors to the spiritual world and to the occult in her life. And this lady was ministering to, to this girl. And you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you, but you need to believe what I'm going to tell you. When she started ministering to this lady, all of a sudden a voice came out from inside of her that it was not her voice. It was just a voice, a demonic voice that it would just give you chills. And as she was praying deliverance over this lady, you're not going to believe it. But the two kids, one of them being a baby, started crawling by the wall like if it was a spider. Crawling, crawling up a wall, up to, uh, up to where that light is. A, a, a baby, all right? An eight-month baby crawling up a wall. I've seen a baby crawling on a rug, on a carpet, but not crawling up a wall. 
When we were seeing that and we were exposed to that, we were like, oh man, you know, I have been walking with the Lord for about three years at that moment. I was like, uh, do I really want to do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is this all about? And you know what? That lady just took authority in Jesus' name over what was going on. And she goes, you get down from there and double, you start tormenting and you just see, you just drop. Like, oh my God, this is stronger than the force from Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? This is a real deal stuff that is going on. So like I said, I'm not here to scare you, but I'm here to tell you there is a reality of a spiritual world that surrounds us. And the base passage that we're using uh, uh, in this series, all right, is found in Ephesians chapter 6, all right? And by the way, today's message, if you're taking notes, all right, because I know that some of you guys do take notes, all right, today's message is called War Tactics, War Tactics, and we're going to get into that here in a second. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12, all right, it says the following, It says, a final word, okay? We spoke about this last week. I'm going to repeat it. A final word. Be strong in the Lord. What's the commandment that we receive here from the Apostle Paul? To be what? Strong in the Lord. Listen, Christians, okay? Brothers, sisters, all you guys that are here. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. That's the commandment that we're receiving from God here. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able, okay, and here we go, to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So this verse that we just read here, okay, or a few verses, okay, what they show us is that there's an enemy that what he's doing is that he's scheming. And I went over that just a little bit last week, but today we're going to dive into that. He's at a drawing board, okay, and I think his drawing board might be a little bigger than this that I have here because he is devising a plan against all of God's children, to destroy us, to pull us down. And one of the things that I mentioned last week, remember that I mentioned that in October, things get a little bit more intense. Remember that I mentioned that? All right, and I mentioned that the whole Halloween thing, there's a lot behind that, that a lot of times as Christians, we're not even aware of. And I said that one of the things that these Satanists do is that they pray, especially for pastors to fall. Well, you're not going to believe it. This week, I'm going through my app, and one of the things that pops up goes, Pastor in Broward taken to jail, for a battery on woman. And I was like, oh my God, I just talked to the church about this going on in the month of October. So I'm like, let me open it. And I opened my Channel 6 News app. And this pastor, all right, got in an argument, okay, with a lady in the car, got down, dragged her by the hair, pulled her outside and started beating on her outside in public in Broward County. It's not in Massachusetts and not in California, here in our city. All right, well, Broward is a little bit here. And you're not going to believe, not only did he hit the lady, but he started resisting, uh, he started resisting the arrests, started arguing with the, with the police. And to make matters worse, here's where it got real bad. The lady that he pulled out of the hair by, from the car was not his wife. His wife found out when the things came out on the news that he was being unfaithful. 
Here we are talking about how spiritual warfare, okay, heightens in the month of October, and then it comes against the leadership. And then you have these news coming out on Thursday just to validate that I'm not here speaking some craziness to you guys. I'm here to let you know there's a reality of a devil that is scheming. Okay? Scheming. Or another word that I could use for this, alright, is that he is preparing these war tactics to come against us. To see how does he destroy us. And like I said a moment ago, you might be like, Pastor, you know, it's really hard to, to believe that. You want to read it from the Bible? I'm going to show you how the spiritual war unfolds in the Bible. In the book of Daniel, there's this passage that I just, I'm captivated by it. Daniel is in, 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 that, in that moment in Persia. All right, and they had gone as slaves first to the Babylonians, and then the Babylonians were defeated by the Persians. And he's there in Persia at that moment, and and he's praying for the deliverance of his people. And while he's praying, look at what happens in the book of Daniel, chapter ten, okay, verse four through six, and then verse twelve through fourteen. Catch this, please. All right, it says on April twenty-three. All right. As I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arm and his feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude. Now, stop there for a second. This could have been an appearance of Jesus that he was seeing. Because when you look at Jesus in the book of Revelation, all right, and that John sees him, this is exactly what John sees when he's looking at Jesus. Or it could be an angel that is appearing here. But he's seeing an angelic being, okay, whether the Lord or not, in front of him. And he's describing how this person looks. But look at what happens here. Then he said, okay, going to verse 12, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. What happened? The moment that you started praying, your request was heard by Daddy God. I have come in answer to your prayer. Now pay attention to this part. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. When you look at a scripture like this, I don't know what you think about. But what this scripture says is that there's a reality of a spiritual world that goes beyond what our eyes are seeing right now. This man is praying for his nation, which is Israel. Okay? And God hears the prayer, but there's an enemy that is making opposition for that prayer, which has already been answered to be manifested here in the physical. 
And I'm here to tell you, look over here, that there might be prayers that there's already a yes and an amen and an okay from heaven, but there's interference for that prayer to be manifested here in the natural. That there's an enemy that is resisting. And you might be praying for the nation, for the U.S., You might be praying for a family member. You might be praying for a healing from a cancer. You might be praying, you know, who knows for what you could be praying. And there's a resistance. And you're like, but why is God taking long? And it's like, no, 21 days ago, man, that prayer was already answered. They had a seal, a stamp from heaven. But on the way down, there was a war that was taking place. So that makes you open your eyes and understand and see, okay, this is is a, a, a little crazy. So when we speak, okay, about war tactics, very important what I'm going to say here. When we speak about war tactics, we see two things, okay? We see two things. Number one, where the battle is taking place, okay? And number two, which are our weapons? Where's the battle taking place? Because he's scheming. Where's it taking place? And what are the weapons that we have? Because if there's a battle, then we need to have weapons to fight in that battle. And that's the purpose, okay, of today's teaching, all right, is that we would know, where's this battle taking place? I want you guys to be aware as you leave here today, all right, I know what's going on. Now, I want you to look over here real quick. I don't want you to overhype the enemy. I don't want you to make Satan bigger than he is, all right? This is not for that, all right? Because he's a created being. Our God is an eternal father, eternal God. I'm not here to scare you off. I'm not here for you now to go and and dig deep into this stuff. I want to tell you something. This is something that the Lord confronted me me many years ago with because I had gotten into some deep books and started reading some stuff. And at night I was even scared and I was like, why is the spirit of fear coming upon me when I'm not a person that is given to that? And I read the scripture that it says, with much knowledge comes much grief. And the Holy Spirit told me, I need you to put that down right now. Later on, there'll be a time, a season where you can pick that up, but not now. And you need to know where you're at in your spiritual walk with God and what you could expose yourself to or not. You guys understand what I'm telling you? So as your pastor, I'm here to teach you. This is what the scripture is teaching. But each of you guys got to handle our level of maturity. And if you feel some of these things are a little bit too heavy, hey, just relax. Just continue listening to what I'm giving you on Sunday. And you know what? One step at a time. One step at a time, all right? So first, let's look at where this battle is taking place. Because I think that the place is very important when we're talking about tactics. Two wars that the U.S. has been involved in, one of them called Vietnam, which was never really declared a war, but it was a war. Vietnam, and another one was the war on terror that took place in Afghanistan. These were two wars that were very difficult for our nation and our country. Why? Listen to this. Because the terrain where that war was taking place was unknown to us, and it was difficult for us to be able to do what we need to do. We were dealing, especially in Vietnam, okay, with guerrilla warfare. And we're not used to guerrilla warfare. We're used to bringing in our troops, bringing in the tanks, bringing in. And that's not what they were doing. So it was a different tactic. 
And it wasn't fought in an open field. It was in jungles. It was in swamps. And since it was guerrilla warfare, a lot of times we didn't know if there were civilians or if they were the enemy because they were mixed in amongst the people. Those were the tactics that they were using against us in Vietnam. It was a very difficult war for us. And then the one in Afghanistan in terror, I don't know if you guys remember the ones that are old enough to remember when that whole thing started, okay, after Osama bin Laden, that we started bombing mountains. Remember that the Taliban and, and Al-Qaeda and all these guys were hiding in mountains. And I remember, you know, the missiles going into mountains. You can't really shoot a missile. I mean, you can blow up a mountain, but you're going to have a hard time. These guys had so many tunnels into those mountains, going into all that terrain, that it was difficult to know if we had captured our enemy. And it's like, yeah, we killed 30 people. Oh, we really don't know how many people were inside that cave. It was a difficult war. The terrain, the tactics, the way that they're taking place is, it, a lot of times that is so important. So what are the three areas of our spiritual warfare? Okay, number one, write this down. Ground level. Okay, casting out demons. The ground level place where the spiritual war is taking place. All right. The ground level, casting out demons, Matthew 10, 1. Let's read what Matthew 10, 1 says. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority. What did Jesus do? He gave them, say with me, authority. Okay, you have authority. Okay, how many disciples of Jesus in this room today? Raise your hand if you're a disciple of Jesus. But you better raise your hand, all right? You have authority. Given to you by who? By the Lord. He gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. That's the scripture. That's not Pastor Chris saying, hey, you know what? I want you to go ahead and do this. No, this is the Bible. God intends, pay attention to this, very important. God intends for his disciples to carry his name and cast out demons without fear. Okay, the Lord intends that, all right? Now, the reality is that a very small percentage of Christians feel comfortable with that kind of stuff today. The reality is that we don't feel comfortable with it. We think it's outside of our grounds. We really don't know if it's going to work. And then you might look at me and it's like, well, pastor, that might work for you. But, you know, I, I don't want to get in, in, involved in that. The whole thing of, you know, demonic strongholds and stuff, stuff like that. Jesus described, listen to this, demons as being like snakes and scorpions. Okay. And look at what he instructs us to do in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I have given you authority. Once again, this word. I have given you, once again, what is it? Authority. Say that with me, church. I have given you Say, thank you, Lord, for the authority that you've given me in the spiritual world. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Listen to this. Nothing will harm you. So when you're involved in that, you need to understand that you have the authority. You have the authority. You know, I remember seeing deliverances of people that were dealing with demons and stuff like that. And the people would start like negotiating. 
And I remember one that was taking place that I got so upset. And I, I got to open my heart here. Because that person had been like for 40 minutes talking to this other person and the demon speaking back. And the person was like, where did you come in? And how long ago did you come in? And, 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 and that was no, not going anywhere. Like, what in the world? This is a lying spirit. You think that lying spirit is going to speak any truth? And I walked out, and I kept on doing a service here. This was with the young people. And they come and they tell me they're still in the room with that person, and that demon is still there. And I got so upset. It's like, I can't believe this stupid, you know, I'm sorry what I want to say, this stupid demon here tormenting. And I left somebody here in charge, and I went into that room back there. And I told the person, can you just move to the side? I go, listen, in the name of Jesus, you stop tormenting this person. You stop lying. You stop doing that. And I started not negotiating. I didn't start saying, well, how long have you been here? No, no. I started to take the authority that the Lord had given me over that situation. And guys, it wasn't three minutes that that person was completely delivered. Okay, there's no fooling around with the enemy. You take authority in Jesus' name. Okay, so that's the ground level. Okay. Ground level, second level, okay, of the terrain where the war is being fought. Occult level, write that down. Occult level. Where warfare against spiritual forces. Okay, occult level, warfare against spiritual forces. Now, be careful with this, all right? This is something that my friend Larry was sharing with me the other day, all right, of a group of people. Okay, what I'm going to say now, please do not do. All right? This is like for you to write, do not do this. All right? Write it on your notes. Right? So these people decided to charter an airplane. All right? A group of Christians. And go up into the heavenlies. To do warfare. Okay? Against the governors that would reign over a territory. You imagine that? I mean, man, I got to be preaching the gospel. I don't need to be up in an airplane fighting against some, you know... And these people went up there and they started to speak against these governors in the high places, like the Bible says, in the high regions. All right. And they came down on the plane and they had done their spiritual warfare against the occult and all this and that. You're not going to believe it. But in one year, all those people were dead or had cancer. All right. And they didn't survive. None of them. All those people that did that. They got into a realm that they had no business going into. I want to tell you something. Look at what I'm going to say. Jesus did not go looking for demons. Paul did not go looking for demons and doing these kind of things. No, they were advancing the work of the gospel and they were preaching the word of God. And as they would go, whenever there was interference, they would take authority over that situation. But that was not their primary focus. You guys understand what I'm telling you? So don't go picking on fights. No, you fight if you need to fight because you're fighting for the deliverance of somebody and for the gospel to get to that person. You guys are understanding what I'm telling you, church? Yes, say yes, pastor. All right, because I, I want you guys living, all right? I don't want nobody stepping in harm's way, but there's this occult level. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10 through 12. Coach, on Saturdays you're over there coaching your team, and here I'm coaching this team trying to... Don't get into trouble, man, you know. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10 through 12. Listen to this. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire. 
Yesterday I was hearing about somebody that would actually do this. Who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of these same detestable practice, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. So listen to what the scripture is saying. God was driving out the nations that were in the, in the territory of Canaan because of this kind of practice. And he was telling the children of Israel, I don't want you guys to get contaminated with the practices of the people of the land you're going to go into because I'm actually getting rid of all that kind of stuff. Look at me, people of God. Please, in your walk with God, don't start negotiating and say, well, I could do this, but no, I can't do this. I could do this, but I can't go do this. For example, a Christian has no business going to the back of the newspaper to read what your horoscope is. All right? If you got to go to the back of the newspaper to read what your horoscope is for the day or for the week, but you're in trouble. I'm going to tell you that. And a lot of people are like, oh, but those things come to pass and those things are real. I believe they're real. And you know why they come to pass? Because a horoscope, that's the enemy's schemes and his plan for you. And he's going to push you in that direction. Oh, they come to pass. Oh, yeah, I know they come to pass. Whose will do you want to do? Come on, guys. And in Miami, we're not too far from this kind of stuff, all right? I got to speak to my Cuban people that we bring all this brujeria and santeria, and you go to Key Biscayne, and you see coconuts floating on the water, and you see dead chickens. You know, we've had dead chickens. They throw them here. We've had people come here to church to do brujeria and to throw dead chickens. They've come and told me, Pastor, there's some dead chicken. They're like, hey, prepare a soup, man. We're not wasting that, but we're eating that thing. They brought me food today. <laughs> but this is real. This is real, right? There's people that right now are casting spells. You know that? There's people that do this. My wife was watching this show called Wife Swap. <laughs> I mean, if you're tired of your wife, you know, you take her to the show and then you swipe her with another lady for a couple of days. And the lady, she's a Christian pastor, like my wife. And they swapped her into a house of a guy that he was a spiritist and he would cast out spells and all this kind of thing. You imagine that? And when my wife starts to see the show, the thing moved. She didn't get to see it, and she missed out on what happened. But there's people that do that kind of stuff, all right? There's certain areas of the country that are more saturated with that than other. I want to tell you something. The, the Lord has given authority and power to the church. Okay, the Lord has given power and authority to the church to overcome the occult. You and I are the church. You and I have a authority. We have power over this kind of thing. You don't have to be scared of it. You don't have to be scared of it. I have so many things that are coming to my mind that I'm trying to like, you know, work with the time and all these things. I'm just going to stay at that. Number three, okay, of where this warfare is being fought. Strategic level of intercession. Very important. Strategic level intercession. Dealing with strongholds in people through prayer. 
So you have the demons, you have the occult, and then you have strongholds that are in people. Remember the series that we did just a couple of weeks ago about dropping your baggage? And I spoke about strongholds, which are things that stick to you. A lot of those, okay, is what the enemy uses to torment people. And through strategic intercession warfare, through prayer, look what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Listen to this, obeying the devil. Oh my God. Pastor, are you telling me that there was a time in my life that I was obeying the devil? No, I'm not telling you that, but that's what the Bible says that you and I were doing. We were obeying the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. So there's people that want to obey God, but they can't obey God because there's a spirit that is coming. All right, that has control over them. The God of this world has blinded their eyes. The eyes of who? Of the unbelievers. And there's different parts of the world where you see that that is stronger. So for example, you have places where it's called the 1040 window. That there's just a control of strongholds in that area. All right. God wants our prayers. Look over here. God wants our prayers, okay, to have an objective. Listen to what I'm telling you. God wants our prayers to have an objective. Spiritual warfare prayer, all right, should be purposeful and exciting. It has a purpose. It has a target. The ultimate goal of spiritual warfare is for souls to be saved and the glory of the Lord to fill the earth. That's why we do spiritual warfare. When we pray, what do we want? Souls to be saved. That the God that is blinding their eyes will lose control over them. So that they could come to the Lord. And then when they come to the Lord, then God will start working on the healing. On setting them free. On delivering them. On connecting them to their purpose. On using them to make a difference. God will start doing all that. Now, as we close today, what is the second aspect of this war tactics? What is it? Well, it has to do with our weapons. You know that as Christians, as believers, we have weapons in this spiritual war that is taking place right now. And you mean like, Pastor, what, what are my weapons? Well, God has given us three mighty weapons to be able to fight this war. Now, I want you to look over here. This is important. I'm just clearing up stuff that we pick up along the way, and I don't know where we get the stuff, but I got to clear it up. You're not God's army. Christians, I believe, are not God's army. This is my belief. Okay? God's army, for me, are the angels. Okay? The Bible says that you and I are ambassadors. Listen to what I'm saying. An ambassador has an authority given to him by the kingdom. The ambassador says, this is what my kingdom says, and it's done. Now there's an army that comes and fights. Those are the angels. And you command the angels. You tell the angels, hey, we need this. We need to do that. Now there's three weapons that we have. Number one, weapon number one is the word of God. 
The word of God is a weapon, a mighty weapon that we have against the enemy when the enemy came to tempt Jesus. All right? He tried to make Jesus doubt of his identity. And he said to him, hey, you know what? If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become into bread. If you are the son of God, okay, jump off because it's written. He will send his angels to take care of you. And then he finally says, you know what? If you just kneel down and worship me, I will give you all. Listen to what he says. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world because they've been given to me. You know who's in control of the kingdoms of the world, including our nation? Why are things going the way that they're going? Who's in control of these kingdoms? They have been given to him. And he says, Jesus, I'll give them to you. You worship me. And you know how Jesus fought off the devil? All three times, Jesus told them, it is written. It is written. This is what the Bible says. This is what the scripture says. This is what God is saying. That's why it's so important. Look at me. That we would know what the Bible says. It's not for you to grow in knowledge. No, because this is part of our weapon. When the enemy comes to lie to you, you know the truth about that. When the enemy comes and says, hey, you have no value, you have no worth, you're like, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I was created wonderfully, wonderfully made by my God. You're a liar. Get away from me. You need to know what the Word says. That's how you defend yourself. That's how you protect yourself. The second weapon, okay, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Revelations 12, 11. It says, and they defeated him, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. Okay, the blood of Jesus has power. When Jesus' blood was shed on that cross, it was the ultimate defeat of the devil. Actually, the Bible says that he made a spectacle of the devil at the cross. You imagine that? You look at the cross and you say, oh, that was a defeat for Jesus. And you see him all beat up and you feel bad for him. No, the enemy was the one being defeated and beat up. Tell the devil, tell all the demons, the blood of Jesus has defeated you. Has defeated you. And the third weapon of authority that we have, you know what it is? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And I want to close by reading Philippians 2, 9 and 11. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. It says, therefore, God elevated him, talking about Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Remember when I was telling you last week that the battle that the enemy had in heaven was with Jesus? Because he wanted to be like Jesus. He was saying, why is Jesus a representative of God the Father? If I'm so beautiful, why can't I be that one? Well, the Bible says here that God gave him the highest place of honor to Jesus. And gave him the name above every name. If you read the book of Hebrews, it says, To which of the angels did he ever say, He is my son? To none. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus this morning. That is the name above every name. And that's the reason why we sing so many songs about the name of Jesus. Today we're singing, this is a house of miracles and we declare the name of Jesus. We declare the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is above every other name. You have cancer? Oh, the name of Jesus is above cancer. You have diabetes? Well, the name of Jesus is above diabetes. You're dealing with COVID? Oh, there's one name more powerful than COVID-19 is the name of Jesus. And that's why I'm actually standing here preaching you today. You're dealing with depression. Oh, I know a name that is more powerful than depression. The name of Jesus goes above whatever depression that you have. Oh, there's an evil dictator in my country. Oh, you know what? He only has a time because one day that dictator is going to have to bow his knee to the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. And that name is the one that you and I have been given. You can put your hands together for it. I want you to close your eyes today. These weapons so mighty, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Jesus has given you that authority. Jesus has given that authority. As a disciple of Christ, you have authority to cast out demons. As a church, we take command over territories where the occult has taken control. Through strategic intercession, we pray God's will over people's lives that they may have salvation. And today you're here and you're listening to this message and you're like, Pastor, I want to I walk in that boldness. I want to walk in that authority. I, I don't want to walk in fear. Well, the Lord is with you. His authority has been given to you. And I pray that you would have a hunger for the Word of God. Greater hunger. That you wouldn't just read the Bible because you have to read the Bible. You would read the Bible because you know that's a mighty weapon that you have right there. That you would declare the blood of Jesus covers your mind, your thoughts, your walk. That precious blood that was shed on the cross, it covers you. And then that you would take the name of Jesus and say, I'm going to praise that name above every other name. I'm going to lift my heart. I'm going to lift my hands and declare that Jesus is wonderful. He's mighty. He's beautiful. And just declare with the angels that there's no greater name than the name of Jesus. Let's do that now. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, the silence, the burst of sin and the heavens are all yes, the praise of your glory, for you
there where you're at there's no other name more powerful than the name of Jesus and he's given us that authority I just want you to take a moment and just thank Jesus thank Jesus for what he's done in your life for what he's doing in your life thank Jesus for the authority that he's given you just thank him right there where you're at I just feel such a glory in this place as we lift up the name of Jesus above every name. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. You're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. We thank you for who you are, your reality in our lives, that there's no God like you. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving the throne of heaven and coming here to where we were to rescue us and bring us back into a right relationship with the Father. Thank you for bringing us back into your glorious kingdom. And thank you for the work that you've done in us, Lord God, to take the veil off our eyes. Because I know that there was a time that we were serving the enemy. We were serving the devil. But Lord, you rescued us from there. And Lord, we're not going back. We are not going back. We're running hard after you. We're running after your purpose. We're running after your plan. We're running after what you have for our lives. We praise you, Jesus. And right there where you're at, you can be here, you can be watching online. I just have one small question for you. If you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior in your life, if you've already come to a point where you've invited him to forgive you of your sins and that that blood that was shed on the cross will cover all the sins and all the things you've done. If you're here today and you don't remember ever doing that or you don't think you've done it, I want to give you that opportunity right now. I want to give you the opportunity that you can come into right terms with God and become a son or daughter today through what Jesus did. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That you would come to Jesus. And he said in his word that all those that come to him, he will never cast out. So if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I want to make that decision. There with your eyes closed, head bowed. You're watching home. You're here. Just repeat this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to live a perfect life and to die for me on the cross. Today I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for coming to my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may walk in the purpose and in the plan that you have for me from this moment forward. Protect me, Lord, with your mighty angels and reveal your word to me more and more every day. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening. 
If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.